0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Today, we're continuing in our series, Kingdom Principles, and leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage.
1: Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? All right, thank you, Steve. We are going into the final uh, part of... Of our lesson about spiritual growth in the Kingdom Principles series. That's been good. Oh, good. I appreciate that. I really think that it's very, very vital. That's terrible English. It's vital for us to get a hold of this understanding that we're trying to impart to. Yeah, I actually heard
0: someone say it's very vital.
1: Dude, you're killing me <laughs> already. This is all right. We need to cut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Se- we don't. We don't edit here. No, we don't edit uh, here. This is it. Yeah. Second Peter one, one through eleven is our text. I'm not going to read that just because it takes a lot of time. But we have invested heavily out of these scriptures. Again, Second Peter one, one through eleven. Feel free to take this, read this as maybe uh, while you're listening to these podcasts the, the last couple times. But our tho- focused thought, and intent, uh, intentional. Thought that we're trying to deliver to you is that every believer should have some spiritual growth. Yes, and you need to be fruitful in what we're trying to do. We talked about the mandate for growing in Christ in our first lesson. We talked about spiritual maturity. We talked about why growth is important. We talked about in that same uh, lesson we talked about uh, two proper requirements for growth, which was nourishment and environment—what we take in and what surrounds us. Yeah. And then our last one, we talked about the nine areas of growth. Uh, I won't read those, but if you want to, you can go back into the previous podcast. Today, we are going to be talking more specifically about uh, the three long-term rewards of spiritual growth, and then we'll talk about the evidence of our spiritual growth, both on a personal level and then a corporate level. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter 1 and 8, for if these things be in you and abound, that they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritual growth simply means productivity and effectiveness as, as Christians, as apostolics.
0: Because you're not meant to keep this in, right?
1: Right. Well, I mean, remember, trees grow fruit so that the fruit can be taken. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Paul... <clears throat> bluntly told the Corinthian church that they were not growing. He said it in First Corinthians three, one and two. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, for I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. And so what do we receive and how do we receive this un this identifiable a mark of proper spiritual growth—it's when we are this number one—that we're made partakers of the divine nature. Second Peter one and four says, "Whereby are giving unto, given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." So, as how we grow is that we're made partakers of the divine nature. So, as a Christian. As we grow spiritually, we're transformed, and know it's over time, it's a process sure. into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. We, in essence, as we grow, we become more partakers in his divine nature. Further, Paul told the Roman Church he said this in Romans twelve and two he says and be not conformed to this world, mm-hmm. but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind." that you may prove what is good and what is acceptable and the perfect, the perfect will of will. God. Yeah. So as we are, number one, as we grow, we become a partaker of the divine nature, and we do it by what we talked about here. We, we, we escape the world. We, we escape the world uh, of lust and carnality and all these things because we are pursuing this divine nature. So I want to tell somebody that if you're frustrated about things, in your life, number one, there needs to be spiritual growth. And if you're frustrated by, man, I've run into these same things over and over again. Well, that's that's not an issue as much as you just need to be focused on more prayer, more word, more worship, more investment in your relationship with God. And then as you grow from there, because you will grow, invariably you will grow, you become a partaker, as I said, of that divine nature. You start you start feeling a little bit more Jesus. You start becoming a little bit more like him. The second thing that we need to be doing, which, was a, which is a long-term reward for our spiritual growth, is that we escape the corruption of this world, mm. which is significant right now. So by growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord, we build a barrier between ourselves and the corruption of the world. The errors of spiritual growth help to empower us as believers to grow in our relationship with him. We escape sin. As we get more Jesus, we get less world. And we escape its consequences as well. That's that's the thing. Right. And why do we do that? Because sin brings maladies. It brings all these different unhealthy things to our spiritual life. It'll destroy us. It'll destroy us in this way spiritually. It'll bring us eternal damnation. It give us sicknesses. It gives us addictions. It brings us brokenness, financial losses, loss of relationships, loss of a good reputation and other calamities. Yeah. So living for God, on the other hand, will save us. It builds us, uh, builds our lives up positively. It makes us productive people. It makes us happier. It makes us want you to get up in the morning. Yeah. Be able to put your head down at night know that you didn't hurt anybody. That's we escape the corruption of the world. And finally, the third uh uh real long term reward is that we grow spiritually into fruitfulness. And you referenced that just a little bit ago about the tree. Spiritual growth progresses it no, it facilitates a a progression, as it were, and it increases in our wisdom and our understanding. Paul wrote it this way, he said in Ephesians. 1 and 18 he said the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints I love Paul he just was real he had it happen in his life and so he was telling them especially in the in uh, the Ephesian church he wrote to the Ephesians in 5 and 17 he said wherefore be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is so spiritual progress will lead us into fruitfulness. Yep. So as we grow, we'll be fruit-bearing Christians. Spiritual growth and bearing fruit goes hand in hand. And just like you said, the analogy of the tree, others are blessed by us being that, that strong spiritual tree, as it were. Well, then we
0: fulfill the Great Commission. It, I mean, it's all, it's all about spreading the gospel. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. We are not saved unto ourselves. We're saved to be a part of the process yeah, right. of salvation for the world. Paul listed nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians five twenty-two through 23, he said, But the Spirit, the, excuse me, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such as there is no law. These are Christian qualities that every believer should aspire to exhibit, yep. which happens only in spiritual growth. All right, so now, now we know the long, three long-term uh, uh, things that come for spiritual gro- proper spiritual growth. Let's see what it looks like. Let's see the evidence of spiritual growth on a personal level. Sure. For us, each individual, you and I, is responsible for our own spiritual growth. As much as we have a pastor and we have a church and we have uh, maybe wives or husbands or or children or parents or any other people that that are an investment in our life and and very important to us, sadly, it only comes to one, our own decision. Because none of them are getting you into heaven. And do you listen to to all of what's going on? And and maybe I may (coughs) hurt somebody here. I don't mean to. But really, in North America, everybody is a victim. (laughs) we're a victim of some sort right now. Yep. Everybody has something to say about we don't have a lack of opportunity due to race. And and don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that there's not this stuff. And I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just talking about what we're talking about. There's victims everywhere and needlessly, needless victim uh, uh, mindsets. We know that there is this. Stop. I'm going to stop disclaiming all this. There's a lack of opportunity due to race. There's a lack of opportunity because of sexual orientation or gender or weight or height or handicap or education or language and other things. And again, I'm just saying everybody just visualizes themselves as victims on some level. But the growing Christian doesn't look for excuses not to achieve, but they take responsibility for themselves. Yep. I believe that while it all rests on our shoulders and just like it is in life, I think opportunity. And there are things that push against us and and that are barriers against us all on individual, depending on our skin color and where we come from and what we look like. I mean, that's clear. We know that. It is what it is, and it's there. I'm not saying it's right. It is there. It's
0: been there since the beginning.
1: However, if you're willing to do the hustle in life and you're willing to work hard, the things that, that you think would make you a victim actually is nothing because it, it doesn't stop you. It's not a true barrier. We yeah. put it on ourselves. And I believe it's, it, believe it's devised in hell, by the way. So it's the same thing in the spirit. We can talk all day long. Why don't I ever, why, does, why don't I have that prayer life? Why doesn't God ever bless me? Well, because you don't do what they do. There's no story mm. I heard about a man who, uh, who traveled uh, the country and he played on a Stradivarius and he just, oh, yeah. he played beautiful and, and there would be people that would pay lots of money to go listen to him and finally, after one of his concerts, a woman in his meet and greet came to him and said, oh, what I wouldn't give to play like you do. She said, I would give my life to play like you do. And that man said, lady, that's exactly what I did. Mm. And that is exactly what we need to be thinking. If you want spiritually what other people are having or enjoying, you can have it too. Galatians five sixteen and 17 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. So in other words, what we're talking about, getting back to our discussion, if a believer lives a spiritual life, you're going to grow spiritually, and you will resist the works of the flesh that battle against your spirit, your Holy Spirit for dominance in your life.
0: And you'll have so much help. Right. So much help. I mean, the, the people that are praying for you, the people that are praying with you, right. God filling you with His Spirit.
1: That's exactly right. The Lord advances us as we surrender more control to His Spirit. Hey, it kind of gives us credit. <laughs> right exactly you know, it's, for, it's for what I'm going to do <laughs> <laughs> Paul discussed it as we've already said in Galatians 5 Galatians five, uh, uh, the verses I've already given you the whole chapter really but he describes the spiritual battle within but he listed the fruit of the spirit that results from a personal spiritual growth and not only will we grow spiritually and have spiritual fruit but our growth will help us to minister to the body of Christ through the gifts of the spirit and that's found in 1 Corinthians 12 Chapter 12 through chapter 14. Now, that's on a personal level we see this. But on a um, corporate level, we knew, we need to know that the first church was a growing church. Back in Acts chapter 2, we see it. And through the ensuing chapters in the book of Acts, the church growed. The church is supposed to grow. The scriptures that illustrate that principle we, found, we find on Acts chapter 2 and 41. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls were born again. Luke wrote in Acts 2 and 47, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Acts 5 and 14, And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Acts 6 and 7 says, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So the church needs to grow not only in membership, but especially what we were talking about, in membership, but it also should grow in in the members that are there. They grow spiritually. So we need to be experiencing spiritual growth in our churches. Um, I think you need to get, and I believe this, that you can't receive completely what God wants to give you unless you're prepared to receive it. So, I really think that, as a church as our church, point of hope, and other churches, you need to think bigger than what you are, sure and prepare bigger for what you have because, as you do that god is God trusts you and what he wants to do, in other words, churches need to have your discipleship plan figured out you need to be you need to have um, uh, what you 're going to be teaching with regards to uh, your your discipleship plan and etc. And uh, as you do that, God will grow. And so that should what a corporate growth pattern should look like yeah. is that people not only are added to the church, but people also are in the flow or in the pipeline of ministry. I believe that our church right now, thank God, I have been thinking that we need to be focused right now in this year twenty twenty three of not only growing as a membership as a body because we have plans to do other things in the city, but that we, as those that are here, we need to not only disciple them, but we need to grow them so that they can turn, be in turn disciples of these new folk yeah, that will be right. brought in. Oh, yeah. So there's growth all the way around. Well, and we're expecting. We're expecting the Lord to move. That's exactly right. Uh, and, so, and we're asking him to, so why wouldn't he? Right, exactly. And so as I, as I just, I wanted to bring those points home And I'm rounding third and heading home as I always use that analogy. All forms of life grow. It's a natural aspect of life. Growth is natural to physical life, and it's logical to conclude that spiritual life must also grow. It must also happen. So believers should always be progressively moving and growing towards God in every aspect of their life. We grow in knowledge, we grow in relationship, and we especially grow in commitment. It's not all about what God does for us as much equally as what we do towards him, right? So as we learned throughout all these podcasts, these last couple, that scriptures use many analogies to typify the nature of of spiritual growth. And through the body of Christ, the Lord provides a wealthy and healthy environment for spiritual growth. And I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to be done uh, for this podcast. In both the church and the home, the Word of God provides our spiritual nutrition. Yep. Second Peter 1, 5, and 8, Peter exhorted us to grow in many areas of life. And Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge of temperance, to your temperance patience, to your patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to your brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall not neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So our spiritual growth will be rewarded as we grow transformed. God empowers us to partake in his divine nature. And that's what I have in finality of this lesson with regards to spiritual growth.
0: Spiritual growth. Good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for this study today. I pray that this was a blessing for you and that you will join us as we continue to study God's Word. You can find this and all of our episodes at pohpodcast.com, along with links to your favorite streaming platforms. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and enable notifications so you don't miss a single episode. And please send a link to a friend. Share this on social media, like our Point of Hope Facebook page, or find the Point of Hope podcast on YouTube. If you have any questions or comments, please email them to pohcontent at gmail.com. We'll probably respond. So, thank you, Pastor, for leading us today, and thank you all for listening. And it's brought to you by who? <laughs> yeah, we don't have a sponsor for this episode. Oh. So, uh, if you want to sponsor the show, uh, we could write some really. <laughs> I thought it was from Young's. <laughs> Young's analytical. analytical well, you know they they sent me an email and said to, to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what cease and desist means fully, <laughs> right. but uh, I can probably guess. Sounds it.
1: bad. Yeah, it does sound. Great. Well, we can go back to the cookie thing. Well, how many podcasts back. We don't have a budget for legal defense. Oh, that's oh, true. true. That's bad. So, if you'd like to donate to the Point of
0: Hope Podcast Legal Defense Fund, <laughs> I'll right. link PayPal and Venmo below. Right. Until then, thank you for listening.